Hey there, it's Corey Andrew of the Core Issues Podcast. As a journalist, pop culture commentator, and recording artist, creative experiences and having strong opinions are a big part of my life. On the Core Issues with Corey Andrew Podcast, I'll be sharing those opinions, and you may not always agree, but I welcome the discussion. On a range of topics, from social matters and politics to entertainment, LGBTQ plus issues, conversations with celebrity guests, and of course, talking to everyday people doing extraordinary things. I recently spoke to the illustrious DJ Pierce, aka Shangela, one of the biggest success stories from RuPaul's Drag Race. From underdog to fan favorite and a co-starring role in the 2018 Oscar-nominated A Star Is Born, Shangela's rise to the top continues. In the new HBO reality series We're Here, Shangela is joined by Drag Race alum Eureka and Bob the Drag Queen as they travel across the country changing people's lives one drag queen at a time. Hallelujah. Hi, Corey. Hey, Shangela. How are you today? Oh, honey, fully isolated and fabulous. What can I say? <laughs> I know. We're all, honey, we're all masked, honey, and bubble wrapped. It's foolish, but I got to do it. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait till we're through this mess. But in any event, thank you for talking to us at Instinct Magazine. I know I met you on the red carpet, I guess, last year at GLAAD. And um, it was now, a really, that was a fun evening. That was a fun evening. Oh my goodness! I mean, every it was just such a it was a groundbreaking evening, right? Because Pose got all those great awards, and you were hosting, and Miss Madonna, baby, that was the night. <laughs> okay, how about at the end when I told Madonna and Madonna, my mom's here, say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mama. I mean, I know. Honey, because it <laughs> felt like home. We were all in a room of love and, you know, we appreciated everyone's there, everyone's energy and stuff. So, you know, you're just awesome. And I, I got to tell you, the thing about this show that I think is so interesting is having come through the ranks of like being a contestant on the RuPaul's Drag Race show and the original underdog, seriously, who like didn't do too well at first. You came back, was like, you know, we're going to knock this out. We're going to change history with this. And you come back and you do this whole other trajectory now that you're like, in my opinion, probably the most famous contestant ever on the show. So I think the HBO show now is so perfect in that regard because you were transformed and now you're actually leading like the transformative opportunities for other up and coming drag performers. So what's the show like for you to be in that position of kind of giving back like that? Well, the new project we're here is very special to me for those reasons that you mentioned and a couple others. Specifically, you know, when this project was pitched to us, I was so excited because not only are we allowing ourselves to go and are they getting this opportunity to go to small to places and transform help people transform their lives or, or go on a journey to realize their, their best selves. But we're also doing it in small towns across America. And that was really special to me because I grew up in a small town. I know what it's like to be a young LGBTQ person or have a, an LGBTQ story or, or feeling in a place where you look around, not, there aren't a lot of people like you. So that was really special to me. And then also, you're exactly right. You know, I know what it's like to be on that journey of wanting to be better, but sometimes not having all the tools to do it. And I've been fortunate to have great mentors in my life. You know, people, uh, whether in my family, like my mom, uh, Jennifer Lewis has been an amazing mentor to me, RuPaul, and seeing those people and learning from them and being able to then look in the mirror and go, gosh, you know what? They did it. They believe in me that I can do it. Watch me do it. I'm going to do it and feel that confidence. That's what I'm hoping to share with each of my new drag daughters uh, through the project we're here. 
Now, you go through different cities throughout America, and I was wondering if there was like one city in particular where you thought, okay, this city, this episode is where we really made a serious difference in this town or this particular person's life. What city would that be? Wow. You know, we go to so many different ones. It's like every time we get the city, it's kind of like when, you know, Charlie calls the angels and gives them their assignment. That's <laughs> okay, how me, right. Bob, and Eureka feel. We're like, good morning, Charlie. You know? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> good so, morning, HBO. <laughs> and, uh, and we go out to these different cities. And each one is different because they all have, you know, it's a unique region with communities that look at the LGBT community in a different way in some places. Mm-hmm. But, but one thing is common, and that is the, our drag daughters don't always know that there is a community support there and if there ever will be. And that's our job to unearth that. So when I'm thinking about which city really stands out in my mind, I think about, well, gosh, I think about Ruston, Louisiana. Mm. Ruston was one of our later cities that we went to. And, you know, Louisiana is like the deep south. Yes. Okay, it's deep. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also southern and, and friendly in a way that a lot of things aren't spoken about. It's just something that's understood, okay? So the discrimination or uh, the challenges that are felt are sometimes like quiet ghost blows, right? Mm. Where it's just so ingrained in the community that you don't talk about this, you don't do this, you don't, you start to feel less valid as a person, but there's really, it's not like you have an enemy that you can fight against someone in your face saying you're wrong. It's more kind of ingrained in the, in the social dynamic, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just an understood thing. So you're fighting against like, this silent weight, you know, you're carrying the silent weight of shame, which you shouldn't have that. And so um, it was really cool to go into these places and, and try and help discover and really bring to light if there is a community of support and will allies come out and will they support, you know, drag in this community and, and stand up for those people here in this community who feel like there isn't a lot of visibility so, yeah, it, it was really cool. Yeah, Louisiana is one of those places. I know I went to Mobile, Alabama once, and I we drove to to New Orleans. And, you know, just driving through that part of the town, I was like, I am not getting out of this car, honey, until we get to that W Hotel okay. in New Orleans. And that was New Orleans. <laughs> Try going to the backwoods, city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, honey, I don't play with the South. But I get it, though. There are people there, and they shouldn't be stigmatized, right? That That's a great point you bring up, because there are people there who potentially just have not had the exposure to something different or had the opportunity to sit down and talk to you and, and even then meet actually the creator of Shangela, right? Meet DJ as a person, so to speak, even, right? And understand that difference. And there's a whole lot of nuances there. Our editor, Adam at Instinct Magazine, he was curious. He wanted me to ask you if you had, other than the ones you mentioned, of course, some of the role models who you've based the character of Shangela on, like who were the inspirations that gave birth to Shangela? Well, Shangela is a big part of who I am as a person, you know, as DJ. I love to tell people that, and I'm so thankful that when you meet me, it's pretty much the exact same person you're going to get, whether in or out of drag, because no matter how much glam I have, the heart is still the same. And But Shangela is definitely a heightened sense of who I am out of drag. That being said, there have been a lot of influences on my performance and how I, I go out there and, and create my characters. Uh, one of them, obviously, Jennifer Lewis, who mm-hmm. I've admired and loved and looked up to forever, yeah. who will tell me all the time, you, I'll be like, yeah, look at this, you know, this comedy thing. 
that I did. She's like, mm-hmm. Now, you know that was all me, right? That was all me, honey. Back in the 80s, I did all that. Yeah. What are you doing now? Oh, baby, I've done it, you know. We love Jennifer. We love you know, her. I've lived, in, I've lived in her basement for 10 years. How do you not study and learn? And why would you not? She's such an amazing entertainer to me and has inspired me so much. She hired me uh, right when I first moved to L.A. as her assistant. And I remember working with her. She would put together one-woman shows that were amazing and these amazing performances and how she would, she was committed to her craft. And I don't think that I, I don't ever try to steal someone's, you know, routines or I'm not imitating her in any way, but there are a lot of similarities in the personality because I've admired the way she works Mm -hmm. for so long. And I hope that I know that her work ethic is what inspired me so much because she would, you know, in times when, you know, Lewis, she's rich. She mm. can sit down and, you know, in her free time and just watch television and eat bonbons and, you know, enjoy life if she wanted to. But she enjoys her life by creating her art. She's sitting there at the piano. She's making Instagram videos and writing songs. I can hear the piano at night in the house, you know, her playing. All of that inspires me to work even more. Now, she tells me, now, honey, you need to sit down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Take a minute and relax. cities. Yeah, exactly. I did a tour of 184 cities in one year. And she told me, no, okay, now that's, even I didn't do that. That's just crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> so, and I'm like, you inspire me. She's like, I don't know if I inspired that. So wow. It's just, it's amazing to, to be there and to be friends now and be able to share these experiences together. I'm, I'm so thankful for her as, a, as an entertainer and as a person. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize that relationship was there. I see a lot of posts where you and she are together, and most people assume that you, because uh, now you know you are Hollywood now, that you met her, you know, when you got famous. And so I had no idea. So prior to you having your success, you were an assistant for Jennifer, and you lived in her basement for 10 years. Is that the wrap-up that you just gave I, me? I think I need a documentary. I'm telling I need you. a documentary at this point. For real. Because you know? um, I mean, that's amazing. No yeah, one knows that. No I, one knows that. Yeah, I first moved to L.A. and Jen hired me as her assistant. We had briefly met in New York. I was, you know, a crazed fan and, and told her how much I loved her. And I knew every line from the movie back to back that she had done. <laughs> so she ordained me as officially crazy and said that, and I told her I planned on quitting my job in PR in Texas and moving to L.A. And she said, well, look me up. And if you don't have a gig, I, I always need an assistant to do mm, something. Wow. And that, was, and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship and relationship and then tenant Ship, mm. and even more we've just become so close we talk pretty much every day now that i'm in paris uh they mm. you know during the social distancing and she's in la yeah yeah wow let me tell you i got goosebumps hearing that story i had no idea and it's amazing it's right on like again it's just part of what was meant to be for you i mean because you have a lot of stories like that where then you go on into the you know the accidental casting if you will that gets you into a star is born. You know, you're going to keep on being blessed because you give that good energy to the world. So you're going to get it back. Now, I want to ask you also, lastly, about the show. We're here on HBO. Uh, your co-stars, as you mentioned, Bob and Eureka, Bob the Drag Queen and, and Eureka. You guys check a lot of boxes, obviously, you know, ethnicity, sexuality. So you're bringing a lot to these small towns and a lot of those boxes you're checking. Were there any resistance, any moments of like, you know what, we tried to change people's minds in this town, but this this was a tough one. We just going to pack up and go. Did you have any of those moments? Well, you know what? I am so thankful to be working on this project with Bob and Eureka. They're both 
queens that I admire who both have a very strong work ethic and a, a great box that we check as well, in addition to all those that you said, which are right, uh, is also chemistry. Mm. And we kind of were, you know, put together like the like, like Charlie's Angels, you know, mm-hmm. and we've been able to create such an amazing uh, sisterhood to go into these towns fearlessly. Because, you know, it's one thing to go into something by yourself and sometimes you're like, all right, I gotta, you have to put on the armor. But when you have an army along with you, it makes things even easier. You feel even more confident. And that's how we go into these towns. So I don't think we've ever had fear in going in, which is why we really work so hard to try and bring the change that we talk about. Mm. Now, everyone is not met with, we aren't met from everyone with acceptance and open arms, but we like to meet them instead of challenging them. We like to meet them with honesty, love, and our light from our world and entertainment. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people just want to have fun, you know? And then we can show them that drag is not something they need to be afraid of, even if they're unfamiliar with it, that it's something that they can embrace. And in doing that, we get them in with the entertainment side. Then they start to listen to the message mm-hmm. as well. Because trust me, we don't just go with glitz, glamour, and lights. Okay? <laughs> we go with a message as well. And that's what really I think that that's how we are bringing change in these places. Even if they don't know that we're helping. We don't come in there going, we're going to change you. Here we come. Get ready. No, we just say we're here. We connect with our people. We invite them to be entertained and enjoy. And also, in, in doing that, we've found that we've built some amazing communities of support in places that were very unlikely. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. And I wish you the best of luck again. We are fans at Instinct Magazine. I personally am a fan. I think you are, you know, much like I had an interview with Laverne Cox and I said, you know, the the work that you do and what you exude to the world, it transcends just the LGBT community. You know, your representations of just perseverance and hard work, no matter what the gender identity and all that other foolishness is, you know, that can kind of convolute it. So, um, so thank you for all that inspiration. And so, and the show debuts like now, right? Like April, isn't like April 7th it's out now or something? You know, we put so much work into this. Not only are Bob Eureka and I co-host, but we're also co-producers on this yes, show. Yeah, honey. Make and that's that that something really magical that, yeah, that the network was so open to us you know, contributing in that way behind the scenes as well as in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep people smiling. That's what this show is going to do. It's going to put smiles on people's face, remind us about our humanity and the compassion that we have to have, especially during this time, child. You already know. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, that's, as an entertainer, that's what I want to do. And, and with this show coming April 23rd, we're going to do it. And also over on YouTube, in the meantime, I just dropped a new one-hour stand-up comedy show. It's a re-release of a show I did back in 2013 called La Cuifa. Is Harlem losing it? Okay, <laughs> one hour stand up comedy special free for the world called La Quifa is Harlem losing it. So well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put that in the article, honey. Time. Girl, drop it in, drop it in. Go tell the folks go over to YouTube for free. You, you know, know I will. You know I will. Well, thank you for thank you for sharing that with the world right now. We all looking for some free entertainment during the quarantine craziness. So thank you and continue success. I mean, I am just a fan and I love what you do and honey and hallelujah. I appreciate you. Say hi to Adam for me, boo. Will do. Take care now. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Core Issues with me, Corey Andrew. For future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you can follow me at Corey Andrew and follow the Core Issues Facebook page at Core Issues Media.